This is the FS Tech Podcast. Hello and welcome to the FS Tech Podcast. I'm Hannah McGrath, editor at FS Tech, and today we're going to take a look at the concept of digital workers and how AI is changing the rules of the game for sanctions and compliance teams in financial services. So compliance teams are currently battling a perfect storm of new and complex challenges, a rise in global regulatory action combined with new sanctions on entities and individuals following Russia's invasion of Ukraine has led to an exponential increase in workload for employees. Alongside this, teams are also shouldering the burden of staff shortages as financial services firms battle for specialised talent with big companies in the era of the Great Resignation, all while firms look to tighten their belts to cope with rising inflation and costs. As a result, compliance teams are experiencing burnout, overwhelm and exhaustion, pushing them to seek other opportunities and compounding the problem for managers. To combat these challenges and free up staff time for value-add tasks, some FS firms are exploring the potential of AI-driven digital workers. This highly specialised digital workforce is being used to replicate many of the more manual and process-based tasks performed by sanctions teams with avatars functioning as hyper-efficient members of the team. FS firms are also using these digital workers to scale flexibly at peak times and reduce capacity or headcount in a responsible way if demand falls. So in today's podcast, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Daniel Hazel. He is Global Head of CLM at WorkFusion, and he's going to talk us through the role that digital workers can play in lightening the load on an overstretched sanctions workforce. So welcome to the podcast, Daniel. It's great to have, have you here today. Thank you very much, Hannah. I'm, I'm delighted to be here. I am an avid listener of this podcast. My, my <laughs> girlfriend introduced me. Yeah, my girlfriend introduced me maybe six, seven months ago, and I listen to it every week. So, Oh, I've, fantastic. Brilliant. Thank Th- thanks around. very much. Good to have my, our very specialised uh, sort of fan base uh, growing. So that's, that's great to hear. Um, so we'll just jump straight into the first question, um, which is, I mean, the obvious one for this discussion. Mm-hmm. How has the rise in global sanctions affected staff in financial services organisations? It's a straightforward question, but the 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 answer, you know, there there are a couple orders of effects you have to look at, right? So you have the obvious effects, which are new sanctions were introduced, um, and employees had to learn these at breakneck speed, right? They were yeah. introduced, you know, in January, February of this year, and they had to be implemented really rapidly to ensure mm-hmm. that the business is, you know. Um, accurately and responsibly safeguarded against the risk involved with any of these new Russian sanctions. So the burden fell on the employee. They needed to learn the sanctions programs really quickly. Then they needed to work crazy hours to to implement these programs. Mm -hmm. And then on top of it, they had to manage these programs, you know, from then onwards in in a manner that they weren't used to, right? So they had to really apply new knowledge really quickly, then implement these programs and then manage them thereafter. But the the really compounding thing in in this instance is new sanctions are coming week on week. So Mm -hmm. employees are having to learn new things every week on top of new things that they've already learned. So they don't have they don't have any time to take their their head of out of the clouds and look, you know, long term. They're really suffering under an ever-increasing burden and you know the, the, and that's just the obvious effect right mm-hmm. um that's the obvious thing that anybody can see but where where 
it is then leading to is, you know, there are lots of jobs in the world. And the, a lot of the time, employees in this space, especially in a sanctioned space, right? Because it takes a lot of nuance to be able to do that job effectively, to be able yeah. to understand the risk involved in a, a potential sanction screening alert. Um, okay. A lot of these employees are highly skilled. Yeah. So they get to the point that really their employee experience over the last six months is just gone through the floor. And, yeah. you know, this is the second order effect of these sanctions that I don't believe any regulator took into effect, took into, took into account, right? Nor should they really, but, you know, they obviously wanted to stop any business being done with Russia. They didn't really particularly think about who's going to have to implement these sanctions. And the real stakeholders who are taking the brunt of this is the employee. Um, yeah. you know, severely overworked after already having been overworked, right? I mean, yeah. I speak to customers, as part of my role of, as the head of client lifecycle management, I speak to customers all the time. And it's really great because I get to understand their customer journey, right? From mm -hmm. start to finish throughout the whole value chain. And something I have really realized over the past year is how having been a, a compliance staff member myself in a bank for about a decade having realized how now overburdened these areas of the business are and then yeah. when you you know you put on top of it new sanctions programs come every week um, one of our customers had to have their staff work uh, 16 days in a row at the very start wow so it was a yeah, it was a rotating a rotating rota for 16 days and this is you know bank banking staff they're not used to working weekends yeah. so th it, then it gets to the point of you know i'm highly skilled my 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 skills can be my analytical skills my hard work skills they can just mm -hmm. be as easily used in another area of the business or in fact another industry altogether yeah and then it becomes kind of a snake eating its own tail right um you have overburdened staff, staff lead the business. Yep. And the existing staff, they're overburdened. Then more staff lead the business. And yep. it, you know, it's 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 a it's a difficult place to be, right? Yep. And that's just unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Yeah. And it comes at a time after after the pandemic where a lot of people are considering, you know, the importance of work life balance. Um, you know, there, there's been a huge shift in um, culture around, you know, flexibility, workplace culture, but also just a sense that after the pandemic, people's priorities have changed. And if they do have that highly specialized skill set, as you say, um, there are more than enough tech companies who are willing to take, you know, take on those skills um, and use them to, to power growth. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, with sanctions, you've got you've got a huge amount of, as you said, analytical legal compliance-based knowledge and that's not something that you can just sort of you know pick out of um, a generalized tech workforce it's, it's highly specialized and that's why it's so important um, that you make sure that that you know as, as much as possible um, these teams have the support they need mm -hmm. um, so when it comes to that support how are FS firms using technology to address these issues of things like employee overwhelm, the risk of burnout, um, and you know this specialized workforce in the era of the Great Resignation? How are they using tech to sort of stem that tide? I think it's, or, or at least what we're seeing with the banks and FS firms that we're working with, it's very much that it's embedded technology in their processes from now on, right? That yeah. it's 
that you 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 have your existing teams work with technology as it's just a normal part of business as usual where yeah. you know there's just these spikes in volume or you know all of these different things that would contribute to overwhelm burnout in a in an old environment you know 10 years ago that those employees wouldn't have had this technology available mm-hmm. uh, now that that's just a part of business as usual. So whether that typically we see it as some form of machine learning, intelligent automation um, that is just there to really deal with those scenarios that typically would have caused just overwhelm before. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you have these, you know, our product being digital worker that is built to really handle volume, really handle um, black swan events, right? That you just can't prepare for, but mm-hmm. that's what these digital products are built for. They're built for uh, responding to non-normal events. They're built for responding to non-normal volume. Whereas, you know, I, I again, I'm going back to it, I used to be a banking analyst. And when it, when it was ever a time that something happened to my daily schedule, it was out of the norm. You know, when I had to might maybe work nine to nine or instead of just a normal nine to half, five and nine to six, I used to get really stressed because yeah. I couldn't go play football in the evening. I couldn't go do something else in the evening. But it's really what we see now. It's banks are moving to a holistic digital uh, ecosystem mm-hmm. with their banking analysts rather than just having banking analysts who use digital every now and again. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's important for um, staff and employees, you know, whatever business they're in, but particularly in financial services, they're aware that they have huge value on the on the open sort of employment market. um, Mm -hmm. And they want tech first sort of digital first uh, companies um, that know how to support them in their role, but also help them with skills and training. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's something that's really essential to to people at the moment in terms of career progression. So it's really important, not just, you know, to, to help with the day to day, but also to feel like you're a progressive company that's sort of interested in your career development and technology is 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 vital to that because learning how to work with tech is something that almost everyone is is having to do at the moment because increasingly especially in financial services companies are becoming tech companies Mm -hmm. yeah like you see it um with the move towards embedded finance right Mm -hmm. that all of the tech companies are now beginning to offer finance products as part of their offering it's the same thing like in finance they're having embedded tech So it's now finance companies, banking and financial services that are offering embedded tech just as part of their products for their employees. Because any any bank, their their back office systems, you know, their CRMs, their CLMs or anything like that, they're the products that are being consumed by their employees. So for them, embedded tech is being offered as part of their as part of their product infrastructure. Yeah, absolutely. And in today's job market, especially, you know, considering the, the employee as another customer, as another end user, as someone who you need to be able to support and give services and offer services to, is something that is a, is a really different mind sh- mindset shift. Um, mm. But it's something that we're talking about a lot in, in financial services. Um, mm. So if we, if we look at the specifics um, of how digital workers are changing things like workflows and reducing false positives for sanctions, perhaps even, you know, reducing um uh, kind of you know the, the the negatives as well um for sanctions and compliance teams how does that work on on a day-to-day basis sure so i suppose just the level set work fusion have uh, a suite of digital workers called the digital workforce where these are enterprise grade um 
pre-packaged, highly skilled machine learning models mm -hmm. that are built to mirror the cognitive behavior of a banking analyst behavior or a banking analyst day-to-day -day activities. And they have so, names, right? So they're, they're, they're fully avatar. Yes, yeah. So the, at the moment we have uh, five digital workers specifically for banking financial services. We have Evelyn, who is a sanction screening analyst. We have Tara, who is a transaction screening analyst. We have Daryl, who is customer due diligence analyst. We have Kendrick, who is a customer ID program analyst. And we have Casey, who is a customer service coordinator, right? Mm -hmm. So they're all, you know, pre-packaged machine learning, intelligent automation solutions that you can just plug and play into an existing banking team. Mm -hmm. And then they'll just be there in the background doing the same work that one of your banking analysts will do. So with the benefit being, you know, we're not there to in any way replace an existing team, but rather it's to, so that your team can leverage, you know, let's say we're talking about sanctions, which are really pertinent right now. Uh, Evelyn, our sanction screening analyst, uh, she's built for volume, right? So all of these new, new sanctions programs that are being implemented, you can redirect all of that volume to Evelyn and she gets better as she goes along, right? Because she's learning the same way that any analyst would. Our machine learning models are, are constantly being updated. They're constantly learning. Our digital workers are constantly learning. So you can reroute all that new volume to Evelyn she'll consume it she'll make a decision on it the same way that uh your existing team would and then at the same at the end she'll output a, a pre or a human readable narrative the same way that your banking analyst would that mm -hmm. will explain her decision making i'm making this decision because a b and c i'm saying this alert is a false positive because names mismatch date of birth etc mm -hmm. etc et et so uh, your existing team will then use Evelyn as like, oh my God, we have this really great team member who is allowing me to focus on the higher risk items. Mm -hmm. Whereas Evelyn can take away all of the noise and all of those false positive alerts that really suck up a crazy amount of time, right? Um, you know, I keep going back to it that employees are highly skilled and they want to work on the items that they studied years in college for, that they've studied years in the job for. They don't want mm -hmm. to look at false positive alerts whereas Evelyn she eats that stuff up that stuff up all day long yeah 24 7 365 right so you can route all that volume to her and allow your existing team then to focus on those high risk items that require a lot of nuance mm -hmm. um, and really require their their level of super skill so that they can focus on it make the correct decision and keep making those correct decisions rather than have their focus sucked up on false positive alerts yeah absolutely is that that human human in the loop human judgment part of it which is which is so important and i think that's something the regulators are now emphasizing that you mm -hmm. know even though we have this automated technology we have ai machine learning ultimately the responsibility and accountability for those decisions still rests with human analysts and and with the financial institution itself um so if you can trust and i i get i i guess you know once uh teams have started working with these avatars as they see the results they they begin to be to, to build that trust with them as well so that they can 
can relax and then take themselves off to look at these sort of, as you mentioned, more complex um, cases, which do require human judgment, which require all the nuance of experience and years of sort of, sort of looking at cases and, and trying to understand which is a genuine sort of alert and which is actually a false positive. Um, For sure, yeah. Just, just on that, listen, trust is the number one thing when it comes to AI and machine learning, right? Yeah. You need the, your... Uh, the banks to trust that the product is working correctly, that it's achieving the efficiency that they want. You want your internal auditors to be sure that, you know, it's compliant with all of those rules. You want the external regulators to be um, fully comfortable that the machine learning model is making the right decisions. So yeah. we build our products, we build our digital workers with that in mind. We provide mm -hmm. uh, an analytics suite that shows you all of the decisions that our digital workers are making. So at any time, you can come in and just see, okay, what is Evelyn doing today? What is the output or what, what are the outcomes she's achieving for our business? What, mm -hmm. what is the false positive rate that she's gotten in the last 60 days? What's the false positive rate she's gotten in the last six hours? Mm -hmm. We, you know, we can go as granular or, or as non-granular as you like, but we will work fusion operate in a very much glass box scenario as opposed mm -hmm. to black box, right? Yeah. We, we open up the kimono and we with all of our customers with all of our partners we're very open and transparent we want them to be as comfortable working with one of our digital workers as you would be with just a normal banking analyst yeah absolutely so meeting that requirement for explainability regulators at the moment are looking at algorithmic bias particularly with ai and, and machine learning sort of models and and being able to understand why a decision is made um so that that's really important i guess you know a, another question which stems from that is is staff attitudes to automation in general you know obviously uh attitudes to, to things like avatars are changing quite rapidly people are using mm -hmm. amazon alexa and sort of mm -hmm. you know uh, digital assistants in their home and in their work life as well um how are digital workers sort of augmenting workflows for human employees and compliance teams but but also how are, how are staff attitudes changing to this kind of, of working style i think it's really important what you just said there about that amazon product i actually don't want to name it because it will just come on in the background here in my <laughs> that's absolutely <laughs> fine but yeah exactly i mean case in point <laughs> yeah so i you know i it, it's really i found i find it really intriguing to see how behaviors have changed toward over the even just the past 18 months since the pandemic right mm -hmm. versus six years ago uh i remember when i was in one bank and there was just you know embedded technology just wasn't happening versus 10 12 years ago when i started my career um just to see how attitudes have changed in that time 10 years ago if you had you know any type of automation, even just simple RPA, it would have been like, oh my God, this stuff is new age. Whereas mm -hmm. now the simple RPA that is out there in the market, that's kind of seen as a slight bit outdated, I would say. It still yeah. it performs a, you know, it performs a vital cog in the market, but you know, it's not really seen as cutting edge anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's just because people got used to it. The same way that as part of your normal life, you know, you have, you really have a super, a supercomputer in your pocket day to day mm -hmm. as a mobile phone. You know, you have a, a fitness watch on your wrist, taking your heart rate 24, seven, three, six, five. You have, as you said, um, Amazon or, or, or Google, they have these embedded home devices, right? So mm -hmm. in all aspects of your life, you're leveraging technology all the time. Yeah. And I, I just banks haven't gotten to that or at least 
banks and regulators in in the financial world they haven't gotten to that level of comfortability yet whereas mm -hmm. you know in when an individual makes a decision they're always looking at technology to how can i use technology to um leverage what i can do in the rest of my life how can i use it to uh double my capacity or something like that and now what i see is that that attitude is mm -hmm. really becoming incumbent in banks really being incumbent, incumbent employees where they're saying you know workload isn't going anywhere if anything workload is always going to be going up as more uh financial service products are offered as more sanctions alerts as more sanctions programs come on as mm -hmm. you know as more people are as more companies become part of the infrastructure workload is only going to go up so the you have to start thinking then what can i use to really leverage my capabilities and the answer is technology yeah. and it's just that it's now becoming an embedded part of your day-to-day -day, right so as mm -hmm. i spoke about earlier um i was on an employee or excuse me a customer offsite last week and one uh, when I came in, one of the I was just speaking to their internal team about, you know, how do you actually view our digital worker, Tara? And mm -hmm. they're like, honestly, uh, we come in and we are so happy on a Monday morning because before they come in on a Monday morning and there used to be just a stream of alerts to look at. Yeah. Whereas it's now it's like Tara worked all weekend and she's still ready to go on a Monday morning and we can just come in and do our business as usual. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just that it's just it's now part of the day-to-day the -day and it's something that you leverage just to enhance your own capabilities. Absolutely. And I, I think so. So we've sort of talked around the, the individual level, you know, how this benefits employees. Um, but from an operational side of things, you know, how are digital workers and in general automation um, supporting this idea of scaling flexibly? Obviously, during the pandemic, you know, uh, workload, but also you know, headcount um, varied wildly depending on the economic conditions. Um, how can digital workers help uh, companies to scale flexibly when they need to grow, um, but also to future proof operations and avoid things like we're seeing at the moment? In, in, in the tech market, avoiding huge swinging job cuts mm -hmm. um, in the current economic climate. You know, how, how are banks and financial institutions using automation um, mm -hmm. to scale flexibly? I think it's a really important point um, that you say that. And it's about, it's about having in place um, an ecosystem that allows you to grow responsibly, right? Because mm -hmm. whether it be the great resignation or even the GFC of what is it 14 years ago now or market environment we find ourselves in today where everybody's worried about interest rates and inflation mm -hmm. these are all market cycles and market cycles will repeat there'll be a boom cycle there'll be a bus cycle there'll be a boom cycle there'll be a bus cycle and in history um, how organizations would have dealt with these changes in volume so in a boom, volume goes up. In a bust, volume goes down. Again, the stakeholder who would have been most affected would be the employee. In a boom, businesses are going out. They're hiring loads of people to deal with the extra volume. And they, their FTE headcount goes away up, right? And that's an expensive, that's an expensive cost for business. Uh, FTEs, you have salary, you have pension, you have all these other commitments, right? Mm -hmm. And then inevitably, there comes a bus cycle. And you'll see what's happening in the market at the moment unfortunately there's a lot of layoffs and that's like it's i find that really difficult to see because mm -hmm. we're now in an environment where you don't have to grow as irresponsibly as that you can grow in a more responsible way with 
machine learning, intelligent automation solutions like digital workers that are built for scale, right? So mm-hmm. you, they can scale up as volume goes up, as business goes up. And, you know, you can have one digital worker doing the same work as, you know, 10 people. And then as volume comes back down, you can just have that digital worker doing the work of one person or zero person or, or whatever. And, and the commercial model reflects that, right? It's not, there's no fixed cost associated, associated mm-hmm. with these the same way that there would be if you had to hire 10 people. Um, the digital workers, because they're built for scale and they're built for flexible volume, the commercial model reflects that. So you only pay for what you use, right? It's a pay-as-you-go model based on your own, um, or as your own business terms and business volume at the time. So what that then allows a business to do is it allows you to really invest in your existing workforce and commit to them for the long term. You know, regardless of the business cycle, we're committed to you. And as we go up, we can put all that extra volume over there to the digital worker. And then naturally, as there's going to be another, you know, slowdown in economics, we can just scale back the volume with the digital worker, but we'll still invest in you at the same time. So it it was a real light bulb moment for me that, you know, there's going to be another boom cycle. We'll come out of this and there'll be a boom, right? And I just think it's, it's a, it's an opportunity for, you know, business leaders and executives to really think, how do I want to grow responsibly through the next, the next business cycle? Um, because in economics, they always talk about, you know, um, when there's a boom cycle, you don't spend extra. And when there's a, a bust cycle, you shouldn't spend less, right? You should, yeah. you, you know, you should uh, moderate your consumption or you should moderate mm-hmm. your spending depending on the cycle. And it's the same thing here. You should, you should have in place, um, and infrastructure that allows you to moderate things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that feeds also, you know, eventually into the morale discussion and the, the staff workload discussion we were having at the start of, of, of this podcast, the, the idea that staff, uh, when they feel secure and they feel supported in their roles, are going to give far more to their company and to their roles. And, you know, ultimately is going to improve um, uh, loyalty as well. So mm-hmm. I think I think it all sort of fits together, um, particularly if you look at it for the, for the, for the long term. Um, so I'm afraid that's all we've got time for today. Um, but but Daniel, if, if our listeners would like to find out more about WorkFusion and the concept of digital workers, where can we send them? You can send them to our website, workfusion.com, and we're also available on LinkedIn and Twitter, where all of our digital workers are all available. Brilliant. I thank you so much for that, Daniel. Thanks for answering my questions today, taking the time to, to share your insights and discuss sort of uh, digital workers automation with me here today. Uh, it's been great to have you on the podcast, uh, and I hope to welcome you back onto another episode very soon. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, if you guys uh, in the audience have any suggestions for themes or topics you'd like to see covered in the FS Tech podcast, please just head to the FS Tech website and click contact us. Uh, Until then, uh, have a lovely, lovely June and I will see you next time. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the FS Tech podcast.